the Pandora Papers. They're shedding light on just how various world leaders, politicians, billionaires, celebrities, and others have all used these offshore accounts. We've heard about this for years, right? Uh, To shield their assets collectively worth trillions of dollars over the past 25 years or so. And for more on this, we're joined now by John Turley-Ewart, risk management specialist with extensive experience at both Bay and Wall Streets. And John joins us now here on Global News Radio. John, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. Okay, some big money, some big names involved here, but this is not necessarily a new headline. Just how long has this been going on, this sort of sheltering of assets? Well, you know, ever since Canadians decided to invest outside their country, you've had people open up accounts in foreign lands where they do business. So basically, since Confederation and well, well before that, and, you know, one of the concerns I have with how some of it's being positioned um, in the context of, like, tax dodging, you know, many of these firms that, that set up in different countries or individuals who have money in, in bank accounts in different countries, they will often do business there. Um, and, and that means that you're probably going to have a bank account there, uh, and it probably means that you might have a company there if you're, if you're in a business uh, as well. So, you know, one of the things I like to look at is the precedent. So, you know, five years ago, we had the Panama Papers released, um, and it was very similar to these papers. This is a, every few years, they they come out with with these leaks. And and it's important to remember, this is leaks of private information. It would be as if someone went into a Canadian bank, downloaded, you know, the bank account information for thousands and thousands of Canadians, and then sent it out. And the veneer that's kind of put on this is that, you know, we're justifying it because it's about tax dodging. And there's some element of truth to that, though. But when we look at the Panama Papers that came out in 2016, here's what we find, at least in the case of Canada. So there's about 900 cases uh, uh, CRA looked at because of the Panama Papers. They had 35 findings out of that. That's less than 4%. So they recovered about $21 bucks. And the average tax avoidance was about $600,000 for those, between those 35 cases. Uh, in terms of criminal charges, uh, there's, I believe, two that are still under investigation, and that's all. And frankly, when they did their investigation, they found off the bat, 60% of all the, the names that were revealed had completely complied with tax uh, codes in Canada and had done nothing wrong. So we need to be mindful that because people's names appear uh, in this list, they're not uh, necessarily taxing, uh, dodging taxes or doing anything criminal. All right. So what is the takeaway for the average person when it comes to either the uh, Panama Papers or now the Pandora Papers uh, just uh, released today by this uh, consortium of uh, journalists? I mean, should we be focused on some of these uh, headline uh, making names or is there something else that we really all should be uh, talking about and focusing on, do you think, John? Well, I think what we should be focusing on is, is you know, the CRA do they have uh, any reason to believe that, that uh, the information that comes out of these papers uh, will produce criminal charges? Is there evidence of you know, gross tax evasion happening in Canada? And quite frankly, from the, the, the past, uh, the, in, in the case of the Panama Papers, there's little evidence of what you would call gross tax evasion happening uh, in Canada. And remember, you know, we're, we're, we live in a, a global uh, you know, business community. We do business all over the world. Um, you know, people who have uh, wealth will own properties in different parts of the world. It is not unusual for them to have bank accounts, 
uh, around uh, different parts of the world. But I'll tell you something. Um, where the real secrecy lies now uh, is in uh, you know, things like Bitcoin, where you, it's, it's almost impossible to find out who owns that. And the great thing about these papers that are out today is it's easy for you to find out who owns it because their name is on it. Uh, in the context of Bitcoin, for instance, it's almost like it is literally impossible to find out who owns um, you know, bits of Bitcoin because it was set up that way to be anonymous. Sure, and if you're earning, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars in, in Bitcoin, uh, is that being taxed? Is that uh, traceable? And I guess uh, to be continued there, I mean, that's cryptocurrency and it's still emerging and evolving? Yep, absolutely. And that's, that's something where, you know, the government's going to have a real problem because the, the technology is called blockchain makes it, like, literally impossible for investigators to often get in. Although there has been one precedent of U.S. investigators uh, managing to do that. But by and large, it's, you know, the, the privacy there is it's like an old Swiss bank account used to be. All right. Well, whether it's a Bitcoin or it's traditional dollars, uh, John, is the conversation we need to be happening or that needs to happen, sorry, or should be happening is why is this system uh, established? Why is it allowed to exist? Uh, should it exist? And are there uh, tax dollars that are forgone by uh, governments such as uh, ours that could be better used for the public good? Well, you know, one of the reasons it exists, uh, for example, is let's say, you know, you're a Canadian company and you want to do business, uh, you know, let's say in, how about Chile, Right. Um, and you want to go down and do business there, you would open an account there, a banking account there, likely with the Chilean bank. You might, you know, do it with a Canadian bank that has a branch there, but most likely a Chilean bank. Uh, you're going to set up a, a shell company in that, in that uh, country uh, because you want to do everything according to their local laws. You're going to have to have a lawyer in Chile help you do that. This is how business operates. So it's not uh, an unusual thing to see uh, people setting up companies. What's unusual is when you see you know, uh, a particular business that might have 10, 20, 30, 50, 100, 1,000 shell companies. And that's when, uh, you know, in, in countries where they have a, a good eye for this sort of thing, uh, start raising questions about why are there so many shell companies being created. And, and that's where you, you would have oversight and governance step in. And where you see problems uh, is in countries that don't have good tax oversight. And fortunately, uh, in Canada, we do have that. All right. Is there enough due diligence being done, do you think, just uh, globally, just not in this country, but uh, overall? And is there enough oversight going on, uh, John? Because I think a lot of people with the release of the Pandora Papers today, uh, one of the big headlines has been former UK Prime Minister uh, Tony Blair, who rallied against this sort of thing when he was coming to prominence and looking to be elected to uh, office. And lo and behold, years later, now he's named in these papers for this exact activity. Buying um, uh, a property through a corporation uh, that that he owns, and there's nothing illegal about that. And and quite frankly, if you asked any Canadian uh, when you when you go shopping, for instance, are you going to go buy the highest price for product A or the lowest price for product A? And that's what businesses do. You you look at what's the cheapest way uh, for me to to purchase a, a particular product or, or commercial property or whatnot. And so, you know, this is what I think Tony Blair was in. It's, it's all about keeping costs down. In the way people deal, um, structure deals, you structure them so that your, your tax um, liability is low. There's entire law firms 
spread across this country that specialize in that because it's so important, especially if we're doing cross-border deals, to understand the tax implications in your home jurisdiction and the jurisdiction you're buying in. All right, let me ask you this then, John. Uh, most of us uh, here right now, listening right now, are not billionaires, far from it, far from being millionaires as well. But is there any sort of a takeaway that the average person should have uh, regarding, uh, you know, taxes, taxation, and, uh, you know, how much tax you do pay on a yearly or regular basis? Well, absolutely, because there's all kinds of vehicles that the Canadian government has set up for folks. For example, there's the TFSAs where you can put money in and it grows and you're not taxed. You have your RESPs for retirement. You have education savings programs that the money actually, the government actually contributes money to if you do it as well. So consumers in, 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 in Canada have a lot of options to defer taxes, which an RSP does, uh, or to, to use um, a TFSA, which allows you to uh, you know, invest money, uh, get dividends, capital gains, and you're not taxed on that. And the same thing for education saving p- programs, which you put money away to help your kids when they're ready to go to college, and that money comes out, uh, and, and you can use it for their education. All right, i got to leave it there for now. John, really appreciate the time and the insight. Uh, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. You're welcome. All right, uh, conversation to be uh, continued. As I mentioned, this is a big, big headline this afternoon. My thanks to John Turley Ewart, risk management specialist, on the release of the uh, Pandora Papers uh, today, again, shedding light on just how various world leaders and billionaires have been using those offshore accounts and uh, tax uh, shelters uh, to protect literally trillions of dollars in assets. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.